you know, run a business, buying a house, selling a house, getting married, those sort of things. You know, they're up there with big, big moments in your life and stressful things. And when you run a business though, and you're self-employed, that it's not a one-off thing. You know, getting married, it happens, it's over. You know, buying a house, once you've bought the house, things settle down. Mm-hmm. Running a business though, it's constant. It's relentless. It's relentless, yeah. yeah. There's always issues, there's always problems, there's always staffing issues. I not, not that you've got staff, but you, you know, you might want to do some content you edit away on holiday and it's causing you a problem mm-hmm. or bits, you know, there's always mm-hmm. issues, isn't there? There's always things you've got to work around, you but- know. Right, hello, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Chats, and this is the first one, I think I'm recording in 2024. 2024, wow. Yeah, so we've got another recurring guest, so the second time he's been on, James Hill, welcome to the podcast Thank again. you very much for having me again, yeah. So, we had a discussion before, didn't we, what we're going to be doing, yeah. you want to ask me some questions. Yeah, so. I'm I'm kind of trying to get into a bit of podcasting, a bit of chatting to people and things like that, so it'd be quite interesting to know your thoughts on a few things, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So I think what we said first is we'll do a bit of a recap. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think last time we spoke was probably, I think it was about December time. I think all time, I think yeah. it was, yeah, because I was in the middle of sorting out the new wines and, and I was talking about we were looking at renovating Lounge in the Greens, so I think it was about yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... So what's happened since we last spoke? Well, we renovated Lounge of the Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that. We put sort of like a new sort of style to the place, a new menu format, things like that, um, which seems to have gone down well in 2023. So we're going to continue with that. We've moved Ocker. We, uh, we had Ocker in Carlisle's Court. Then premises more into town, which we're sat in today, came up. So we, we did that in October last year. We got moved in October. which just gives us more sort of city centre presence, really. And what else has happened is, it's been about it really, just a bit of consolidation I think this year has been more, that's what 2023 was really about for me, trying to settle things down a little bit and just consolidate the companies and the businesses and things like that. Because 2023 was really like the first year non-COVID related. Yeah, it was non-COVID related, but massive high costs. So, you know, we just got over one problem and then you end up with the cost of living, which has been just crazy for everybody, hasn't it? It's just been ridiculous. Yeah, and we, we were speaking before the podcast, weren't we, as well, like, the increase of overheads and costs. Yeah, and 100%. Maybe people watching or listening won't, like, understand, isn't it? No, I, I mean, to run a restaurant now, you know, I don't want to go on to, like, minimum wages and stuff like that, but, you know, like, the minimum wage side of things, I'm all about paying people what they're worth, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's very hard trying to people to give them the same offering, same price point, and also try and give your staff the money, try and pay electric bills, try and, you know, the food costs have all gone up as well. So, and and to not try and put your price up too much. I think I mentioned to you before when we were off camera and uh, off mic that our margins have just started getting so much more tighter. You know, the bar industry and the restaurant industry used to be very, probably more profitable than what it is now. And our margins are just slowly, slowly narrowing down, you know, and I think, we mentioned about the cost of a pint, didn't we? Yeah. I know you don't drink, but you know, the cost of a pint and you know, a pint was four ninety five in a restaurant not so long ago, a couple of years ago. And the margin on that, you know, we were probably buying a pint at like a pound. So the margin was like three quid something. Now we're sort of charging six, nearly seven pounds for a pint and the margin's still three pounds because the cost has gone up three pounds. Uh, we're only making three pounds, sorry. So the margin's gone down from 50%. You know, down to 50%, but it used to be 65, you know, and that then doesn't help with things like the cost of electric and the cost of staffing because all that's gone up as well. So if you can't get your margin, you're then really struggling to, you know, make things pay. Mm-hmm. And especially in Carl, I think you just look at the high streets, all the NTU. It's been decimated. Retail, yeah, it's really, really been decimated. I mean, we've got a bit of a regeneration coming up in the Carlisle city. Devonshire Street's getting a brand new makeover. That's, those plans have been put in. Obviously, we're getting new train station. And also the new university. But then outside Ocker as well, we're getting a, a brand new public space, I believe, that's getting started in the spring. So we're going to go through a little bit of pain while that's getting developed. But I think once it's developed, it'll be a beautiful sort of set 
uh, I think it was going to be a stage, and they're putting a, a new stage and bandstand in to do events and things like that. So that will be very positive for us moving forwards, and hopefully it'll start to regenerate Carlisle a little bit. Yeah, just getting more footfall, isn't it, in, into the season? That's what you need. There, there's loads of ways they could do it, but sadly, I'm, I'm kind of fed up and bagging on about this. <laughs> what, what would you say? <laughs> well, I mean, we've just found out that Carlisle was the centre of the Roman Empire. Yeah. What, what are we doing about it? <laughs> Nothing. You know, it's it's like York was the centre of the Viking in Britain, and they do loads about it. Yeah. We've just found out that we had an emperor here, centre of the, uh, the Roman Empire for a period of time. Carlisle should be a massive tourist trap now. Mm-hmm. It, I would love to know what the what the, the plans are for. Are we going to have Roman marches once a year to bring tourism here? Are we going to have a visitor centre? Are we going to, you know, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. then it would be all year round visitors. Yeah. To, to a place which was the centre of the Roman Empire. It's just, I suppose it's just making, like, Carlisle a destination where people want to go or, like, take the kids, isn't it? I can't yeah. go watch the Roman Parade. I mean, I, I always say to people, you know, that I meet, it's a funny place, Carlisle. It's, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> it is a funny place it, in, in one respect. You think to yourself, right, you give a kid a piece of paper and get them to draw a castle. Mm. They draw a Carlisle castle. You know, they don't draw Edinburgh, they don't, they draw that typical look of a castle. And, you know, we, we, we've cut it off with a big road that goes, I know, it's green, you know, and you think to yourself, other towns and cities wouldn't do that. The castle would be the focal point mm-hmm. of the town. And it's, I think it was voted the most boring castle in Britain. <laughs> was that? I can't believe that. Cause that <laughs> castle's got so much history. <laughs> And it's like, how could you vote in the most boring castle in Britain? Who was that voted by then? I don't know, but because it doesn't sit on a hill and you've got to climb up to it or something. And, you know, interesting fact. It's a structure of a a typical castle. It's strange. You know, Mm. we don't make enough of it. No. It's a massive focal point in the city. And uh, we don't make enough of it. No, I I don't know what Carlisle is known for apart from the Carlisle Flutzer, really. Water biscuits. I don't know. I, I really don't know. The thing is, when, if I say I'm from Carlisle, people don't have a clue. <laughs> no. They don't have a clue no. what it's about. Maybe, like I say, the only thing I can think of is, oh, we did Carlisle flooded geography at school. Mm. That's the thing. Whereas, like you say, people don't know about no. Carlisle. I, I mean, no, it's, it's been pictured as a great border city for so mm. many years. And uh, I think we've got to try and work out what's great about it. Because yeah. that is the main line. If you're going to use that line, the great border city, let's make it great. And, mm. you know, there's so many things that could be great. It's, it's, you know, there's nothing for what? The next city north is Glasgow. Next city east is Newcastle. Oh, there's a few little towns on the way, market towns, things that are all beautiful, like Hexham and things like that. South what? Is it Preston? If you can count Preston, yeah. If not, like Manchester. Manchester, so, you know, radius-wise, it's got such a big catchment area. And I just can't get my head around it sometimes. It should be an absolute... Heist. Yeah, well, especially with it being like really the only proper quote unquote city in Cumbria as well. Mm. Cumbria is the largest county in the yeah. world, isn't it? Really? And the funny thing, I mean, you're from Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm born and bred Carlisle. Mm. Moved away for a few years. I'm really proud to be from Carlisle. Mm. I don't know if many people say that, <laughs> right? But I always used to say to a couple of my friends who were working in like Dubai and places like that, and you know, I used to look at them and they were maybe like in Time Out magazine in Dubai or whatever, yeah. doing their trades in restaurants. <laughs> I'd be thinking, that's great, you know. And then, but I'd get as much out of being in Carlisle living. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd love from, it to yeah. my little playground <laughs> when it came to that side yeah. of things. And I think, you know, when you look at Carlisle, it's, it's, it's got loads to offer. Loads to offer. It's majority safe. The schools are probably really good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a collective, I'd say the schools are good. Secondary schools, I don't think are that bad compared to major cities, you no. know? We don't have much crime, I don't no. think, for a city. No, it's got to be low. You know, it's low, it must be, you know? And I know we've had a couple of instances over the years, but nothing compared to week on, week on no. in the bigger city. So, I don't know, I think it just needs a bit more promotion, a little bit more thought in the council mm-hmm. and MPs, probably. Yeah. Politically, it probably needs looked at a little bit more. I still can't believe we've got dual carriageway between us and Newcastle. I think that'll be a major thing to yeah, say if we got that. There's only a couple, isn't there? Yeah. Overtaking one. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's not get into politics no, too let's much. Not get into politics. <laughs> right. Let's go into what you want to ask me then. Well, I'm going to find this interesting. So I'm really into trying to find out more about my staff, about what makes them tick, why they do what they did. And then funny from our first podcast, you told me that we worked for somebody. That was what both our managers at different points. Yeah. Andy Penny. So obviously you were in the catering trades, the hospitality yeah. trades, shall I say. So like, I want to know why you were in the hospitality trades. Cause that for me is a, a biggie for me kind of understanding 
why some of my staff maybe come and get a job with me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So obviously it wasn't what you wanted to do. Or maybe well, it was. Yeah, so back, backtracking. So when I was at school, when I was 18, <laughs> I really liked events and festivals, that yeah. kind of thing. So I went to like Soulfest and Evo Festival in Newcastle, whatever. So when I was looking at university courses, I was looking at events management. Right. But then my mum used to be a careers advisor back in the day and said, oh, and my dad was like, oh, you don't want to limit yourself to just events, do yeah. hospitality and events management. Yeah, definitely. So. Because the two go for side by side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there was only, only a few places that just did hospitality and events. There's loads that did hospitality. Mm. Like, I really like Leeds that just did hospitality. But Cardiff did hospitality and events. Right. So I ended up going to Cardiff and doing hospitality and events management. And when I went to uni, I found the events really boring. Right. Like the health and safety, the yeah. legal stuff, all that kind of shit. It wasn't like, let's go to the festival and party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let's make sure there's toilets. And, yeah. <laughs> I was like, barriers I, for everywhere. I did not get yeah. <laughs> I was going to get wrecked. Yeah. So then I was still working as like a nightclub promoter. Right. At uni. Like a promo wanker, all the nightclubs, all that kind of shit. Stamping people's hands in that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The wristband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. But then on that course, I had to do a placement year. Right. So in industry. So oh. I was at Cardiff and then I applied to, to go to hotels, the Aztec Hotel. In yeah, yeah, yeah. In Bristol. Yeah, no, well. And then they were like, oh, because you're from Carvel, yeah. why don't you apply for the North Lakes Hotel Spa. Right. So I remember I applied. I mean, my dad heavily helped me with this. <laughs> I'm only 18. Yeah. Another clue. Fired it off and out. So I went there. Oh, I can't remember the lady's name now. She was like operations. Operations manager. This is probably eight years ago. Right. Okay. She went on maternity after. But I remember I went, did my revision, yeah. all that kind of thing. And then she pretty much rang me up the same day or the next day. It was like, right, okay. Get it off for your general assistant. Yeah. Or, so what I really liked is that I'd be shown every department. Oh, so you, you, oh, so you did general assistant. That was, that, was, that was my first job at the Crown Hotel. Yeah. I was a general assistant. Yeah, so well, I was a waiter at 15, but then I went to general assistant. Yeah. So um, I, I thought that was really cool for me. Yeah. At like 18, 19. Yeah. I'm going to be shown a bit of everything. That's how it works. So yeah, obviously I started having met Anthony and he spotted Liverpool, I spotted Everton. So yeah. it's a bit like rail rivalry there. Yeah. yeah. But we had that connection anyway. Yeah. And he must have thought like, oh, young lad likes football. Seem sound. Goes to uni, must have a couple of brain cells. Even though Cardiff met, you don't need any brain cells to get into. And then, yeah, yeah. I just worked away. I did porters and I did restaurant. Right, okay, yeah. I really enjoyed the bar. Mm-hmm. I was in the bar late over Christmas, maybe like six weeks, something like that. Later, got promoted to like bar supervisor, which is cool when I was back from uni. And then I did reception, which I enjoyed, then housekeeping, spa. And then after I finished that, for some reason, Anthony promoted me to like duty manager, assistant manager, uh, like, 20 years old yeah. or something. And yeah, I think it was just because at the time I wanted, I really liked the way hotels worked and hospitality. Yeah. I really enjoyed the bar, like not the restaurant as much. Mm. I enjoyed like going in and doing the pass and yeah. taking a few plates out and that kind of thing. But the bar, I enjoyed like the craft atmosphere and that kind of thing. And just, yeah, it was, it worked for me at the time because you're surrounded by similar age people. Yeah. And I like doing the same thing going out. It's quite a good social life. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I, I used to find that it was like a family sort of orientation. Yeah. Everyone would look after you. Like, mm. you know, if it was busy, you sort of, well, if you worked hard, they worked hard. And, yeah. and it's funny you mentioned about Andy offering you um, a junior manager because one of the first jobs, I was obviously at the Crown originally, and then Andy came in as um, general manager there. Mm. And Piers, who is my wine supplier for Colin Barrow, was my operations manager at the time. Uh, so that's how I know the pair of them. And then the Crown got sold. Thwaites uh, sold the Crown to actually, for the, the development money for a hotel I went and worked in later on in my career, mm. which I didn't realise. I never thought I would go work there. So Anthony left and went to North Lakes as general manager. Yeah. Uh, at the time... He invited me for a job interview because he was obviously, I got on really well with him and, you know, and he said, why don't you come to the Athletics job interview? It's all hush hush because everyone was a bit like daggers in for thoughts because it sold us. So it was all very hush hush. And he offered me a junior manager role yeah. at the time as well. And I must have been 18. Yeah. He was 18, 19. But I enjoyed working with, with Piers and Anthony. It was, it was really good fun. So I went for my interview around North Lakes. Andy showed me around. Piers showed me around. And the head chef of the Crown Hotel, her, her, his wife 
was head of housekeeping at the time at North Lakes. Okay. So obviously I got shown housekeeping. And his wife was there, and I was like, oh, shit. It's going to get back to the crowds that I'm here for an interview. <laughs> mm. And literally, I think I drove down the M6 motorway, went to work that night, I was pulled in the headshot's office. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing at all? I was thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> 20-minute journey home. <laughs> I mean, words have gone back already. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. I didn't take the job, actually. I, I didn't move to North Lakes. I worked at North Lakes for a little period in between Ramsbeck and going down to... Um, Went down to Ramsey's. Mm. Uh, Andy was manager. Oh, was Andy manager? No, Andy was down the Solent at the time. Oh, yeah. Went down for Yeah, he was down the Solent. So, worked there for a little bit, just for a couple of months, helped Doug out in the kitchen. Because obviously I met Doug at the Crown as well. So, me and Doug have been friends for a long time. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting that you've had a very similar experience yeah. to me. And one of the other things I want to get to know people on is like food, like mm. not like, not that whole boring sort of thing about. You know, what's your favourite food and all that. But, like, mm. for me, the reason I am into food is probably from my childhood. Okay. You know, I had grandparents that, I had one, well, one, one grandparent that cooked beautiful, you know, mint mm. and dumplings, really home-cooked food, and she'd bake and she'd do all that. So that always stands out in my head. And then, obviously, like, I wouldn't say my mum was a foodie, because she wasn't. She could make a couple of things. My, my dad, again, like, likes to eat out. Neither of them are really big, big drinkers. I mean, I'm not a big drinker. Mm. I'll glass of wine every now and again and meal and pretty much teetotal after that. But, like, food-wise, mm. you're obviously very fit, work out. So, like, has, has you grown up as a kid with food, what was that like? Mm. And then, obviously, now what's your kind of, like, your go-tos and your yeah, things yeah. that you saw do, 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 you know what I mean? So, for me... I don't know, food was never really, like, that big of a part of yeah. growing up. I played a lot of football when I was younger. I played for Carlisle and stuff, so I was always kind of, like, health-ish conscious of, like, I wanted... So did you eat healthy as a kid? I'd say, yeah. Like, obviously, my mum... My mum didn't work yeah. when I was growing up because she looked after me and my brother, mm. and she'd always have tea on the table. Yeah. She'd always make, like, healthy-ish dishes and, and that kind of thing. So we didn't eat out, like, a crazy amount yeah. either. Like, we'd maybe go to, like, TGI Fridays. See, we we didn't as a kid either. No. So like, I, I don't know why we didn't. It's not that, like, I felt no. deprived of going out. We just never really did. That, that, that's kind of what interests me because, like, I'm really into eating out now and seeing what other people do, but I think I get that from just... I don't think I get it from, like, being taken out by parents, but I think I get it from... Because my grandparents would cook, mm. so... I enjoy being cooked for. Yeah, Does that yeah, make sense? That makes sense, yeah, yeah. You know. But the one thing, and my dad will still do to this day, he would always make like a lasagna on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not the best cook at all, and he knows that. Yeah. But, like, he would do that kind of thing on like a Sunday, and we'd normally, so my mum would cook Monday to Friday. Yeah. My dad would cook the weekends, but the Saturday would be a takeaway. Yeah. And Sunday would be uh, a lasagna, that kind of thing. But then when I got to maybe about 16, and I discovered the gym, yeah. I lifted weights and stuff. That's when I really got into like macros, yeah, like food nutrition and all that. Yeah, so I'd be extremely OCD with my food, and I wouldn't really care that much about. I would care about how it tastes, yeah, but I'd it's care more, more about nutritional. It's more like fuel for my body, yeah. and I think I'm a bit like that now. But I don't count my macros anymore because I kind of know within reason what I can do. But yeah, from, from 16 to probably I don't know, when even consumed to about 22. I pretty much religiously count calories. So food was looked at as just fuel. Yeah. Yeah. It would, would be looked as fuel. And I would give myself like meals off or like mm. days off and that kind of thing. But I'd probably say 80 to 90% of the time I would do that. And it would just consist of me eating the same food mm. over and over and over again, which is everyone thinks is boring. But for me, like I cared what I looked like. I get it. Because no, yeah. I mean, like for the last couple of years, I've struggled, not struggled with the gym, but I've definitely, definitely trying to put more into the gym. Mm. I wouldn't say I'm the peak of fitness right now, yeah. but I've, I've, I've had the last eight weeks off. I've popped about two and a half kilos since, mm. since I've had uh, the last eight weeks off. And it's funny because when you are in that gym mode, kind of what you enjoy goes out the window when it comes to yeah. things. Mm. I mean, like meal prepping for me, I, I went through maybe six months of my protein meals, yeah. buying them in, meal prepping, mm-hmm. and that's all it was. And it, it doesn't taste good. No. Can I eat so much chicken? My taste was just so underdeveloped, I yeah. think, from that phase of my life. And, you know, I'd come into work at a night time, and, like, I'd have to try a dish. And it's funny, because I was eating very, I will not say bland foods, but 
same sort of white chicken, rice, mm-hmm. vegetables all the time. Yeah. When I'd come in and eat, try a dish that we'd been practicing or whatever, lunch, oh my, the flavors were just like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> the sugar levels, things like, oh, like wow. And, and it's funny because when you do it for such a period of time, mm-hmm. when you do it and go out and have something, you enjoy, actually you enjoy it. Yeah, 100%. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you realize, wow, you know, oh, what oh, that's actually on. nice. Yeah. Because I think going back to when I worked at like the North Lakes and stuff, they had like staff meals, yeah, yeah. but I would prep my meals. Yeah. So it wasn't anything crazy. It'd literally be like chicken and rice or tuna and pasta. Yeah. And I just have it in my little Tupperware and stuff and do that because my priority, and I think I'm like that now with the not drinking in the business. Mm. Group, my priority at the time was right. I need to look good for when I go on holiday to like Ibiza or Creamfields yeah. or hideout, whatever. So it's a small sacrifice to make. I don't enjoy my food, but. In the long term, I'll feel so much better, like with my top off or going away and be more confident myself. I live more in the gym and that kind of thing. So for me, it was just like priorities and I would prioritize the fuel and the macros over over enjoyment, over enjoyment. Yeah. But I think now, but at the moment, my diet isn't the best because when I'm traveling and stuff and since when you read the last few years, when the more business focus and even though I don't drink alcohol, like when I'm on the road, even though it's, I use the excuse of it's easier just to get like fast food or meal deals and that yeah. kind of thing. Cause you can find healthy options, but it's just the convenience. Convenience. Yeah, and massively like, convenience these days. And price as well. Like yeah. it's cheaper and more convenient most of the time to get like a McDonald's or a meal deal or something yeah. than actually my brain having to process, right? What could I actually solve? I think it's timing as well. Like, you know, yeah. where you are the time, you know, what you're doing, your job or whatever. I, I know the last sort of eight weeks I've been through a lot of stress with, Buying, selling house and, you know, moving, trying to get moved and things. And my looking after me has gone out the window. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I always, that's why I'm trying to understand a bit more about food is why does eating habits things just go out the window when you're stressed? It's, it's mental, isn't it? Because that should be number one priority. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's and, a, like I'm saying, it's a fuel inside. It's you. something I've really got to get my head around because for me, it's my biggest downfall. Mm-hmm. When I'm stressed, when I'm not struggling, but when I'm just not on it with myself, Eating. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, so one of the things I was going to ask you was about not, the not drinking. Yeah. Oh, wait, before, before we go into that, yeah. let me just say one more thing. So one of my best mates, I'm a videographer, photographer, Yoni, mm. does all the content for the business and stuff. He, the back end of last year, said he was going to do a hundred workouts in a hundred days. Right. Whatever that may be, like swimming, running, gym, yeah. and stuff like that. And he's always struggled with eating. Not like he's overweight, but he's not as slim as he used to yeah. be. And he sent me a picture the other day and I was like, fuck. Actually, looks so much different in the summer. Yeah. And like he's done hundred workouts, hundred days, and he's carried on doing it after and stuff. And he hasn't really seen much difference because he struggles with the food. Like he right, won't yeah. overindulge. He won't just eat like a portion, like two <laughs> portions, yeah. or like when we got food, we'll go out for like an oh, you can eat buffet or something. Yeah. And it's just like I think food is the most important thing. Hundred percent. And like 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 you say, it's just so easy when you're tired. I'm just exactly the same. Mm. Tiredy and knackered, and you think. Have a pack of Chris. Yeah. Or they'll just get a McDonald's. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. I don't just lay on it if you watch this from your But it's just like that thing that for him, he's really fit, he's really healthy, yeah. really active, but he, he just isn't where he wants to be because of the food. I, I was going through PT three, twice a week and I was boxing twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a movement in my weight. It was because I didn't have my food under control. Yeah. Mental, isn't um, it? And, I was thinking I was exhausted because I've done all this workouts. So I just needed to eat anything. Mm-hmm. But I was probably more, more like tired and things because I wasn't eating the right foods. Mm-hmm. And if I'd probably really, you know, I put a lot of money into PT and boxing and things. And if I just, I look back at that sort of four month period and if I've just got my food right, you yeah. know, four month period, I've probably shedded 10 kilos yeah. quite easily. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's, it's the, the minds with food. It, I really do sort of find it hard to understand what it is. But I think moving on from that, yeah. not drinking thing is like, that's the way I see the drinking to my business now. Well, this is, this is what I was going to ask yeah. you because I very rarely drink. I only ever mm. drink possibly a glass of wine after work mm. on night time. I'm not one of these ones that'll easily do two bottles of wine, <laughs> not at all. And I'll get a bottle of wine if I'm out for a meal, yeah. uh, a special occasion meal or a glass maybe with dinner. Mm. That's about it. Mm. Beers and things like that just don't interest me. A bottle yeah. of beer, I just feel bloated after it. I'm not a big fan of it. Cocktails, all right, I like an amaretto sours occasionally, mm. Christmas time maybe. But I mean, like, I couldn't think of anything worse than going out 
on my hour. They're getting absolutely smashed. And the next day, yeah. And the next day, I can't function. And I've got things to do. And you lose a day of your life. You, I lose three. It's <laughs> not, you know, I, lo- I hang over for me last three days. I have an eight-year-old that I've got to deal with. I couldn't deal with that. She'd have my life. <laughs> right. So, like, Can't but obviously you as a young lad. Yeah. How, how old are you now? 27. 27. So I've got 13 years on you. <laughs> you know, what What was the reasons? I mean, I've, I've listened to a few of them. Mm. Yeah. Um, Some people might not hear it, but yeah, so like, basically for me, yeah, like I said, the events. Yeah. So when I finished uni, I went into events and then I set up my own events business. That was my first business with a business partner at the time. And then we set up the marketing. So that, that was January 2019, the events business. Mm. Then the May time was the marketing with the business partner as well. And then it got to COVID, uh, March 2020 was it? Yeah, like it was March, so, Something yeah. like that, yeah. And we just had different ideas moving forward. So in the June, we split. I went on my own, decided events is not the one because COVID. Mm. I'm going to focus on the marketing. Because I, even though I enjoy the events, I like the business more. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what kind of like turned me on, should we say. You'll see different more walks of life with the market. Yeah. And, and I, I, I as well thought from like a selfish point of view for my future, I thought, well, the events, you pump so much money up front mm. in the hope that people come to the events. Whereas the marketing is contracts, you're dealing with businesses. Yeah. It's easier to get like a thousand pounds for a business than it is to get 10 pounds of a human being. Yeah. You'll probably see that. Yeah, it definitely is, you know. Um, so I thought, right, service-based business, it doesn't really cost me anything apart from my time. Mm. Dealing with businesses who have more money than people, and also I enjoy it more, mm. and that kind of thing. So got to the June, set up on my own, moved back from Cardiff, because I was in Cardiff for four years and then two years after, and then moved back with mum and dad. And then, so from the June to the August bank holiday, I hadn't really seen my mates that much because I was always in Cardiff and working, whatever. So I was going out all the time, like Friday, Saturday, sometimes Thursday, whatever. Not that I was an alcoholic, but I'd binge drink, you know what I mean, every weekend. And I'm that kind of person who's got quite an addictive personality in the sense that I didn't enjoy the drink. I enjoyed being drunk. Yeah. So I'd be like out to like six in the morning, whatever. And I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Put it nicely. (laughs) And then it got to like the August. And I had, I might have one or two clients paying me not much money at all. And then it was August Bank holiday and I'd just like being sick and whatever, just felt minging. Yeah. And then it just got after that and I thought, it's just like the last thing, like realization, self-reflection of what do I want to be? Like one of the lads going out every weekend trying to get with girls and all yeah. that kind of stuff and then potentially get a job. Nothing wrong with getting a job, I say no. all the time, but that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Or do I want to make a small sacrifice? Because I saw a YouTuber, he did like six months sober or something. Right. Mike Thurston, a fitness guy. And I thought, right, I'll try three months and see how it goes. And then after the August, I was like, right, okay. So then the first weekend, still went to see my mates. And they were like peer pressure and stuff. Like, come on. Like, obviously, it was the mates and stuff. Yeah. Now, like, nah, 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 I'm going to stay to it, stay to it. And then I've started having like the non-alcoholic beers and stuff because I thought, it's kind of drinking, but not. Mm. But I was more focused on the calories. I was thinking, right. this is fucking calories here. <laughs> so, so you're struggling to yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, because I'd normally have vodka diet coke, yeah, but I go out. you macro dinner, <laughs> and then you're going out and smashing three non-alcoholic Yeah, and I'm like, beers. that's like a thousand calories <laughs> yeah. right there, whatever. So then, so yeah, it got to like a month in. I didn't really feel much difference. Right. And I thought, right, I've committed to the three months, I'm going to do it. Up to like two months, and I started being like mint. And like, I was more focused, making better decisions and signed a couple of clients mm-hmm. and stuff. And then after that, I got to the three months and I just thought, oh, I'll just on. carry on. And then don't get me wrong. It was like tough because it's 24, whatever I was to obviously when you're single to meet girls, like how do you meet girls? Just not have a drink. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh fuck. Like, I suppose that's where the non-alcoholic drink can come in. Yeah. Cause like there is some great non-alcoholic gins out. Yeah. I mean, if I do go out and I want to look. Yeah, because like, even if I go to a bar uh, and I'm on, and I'm out of town, I don't drink. Yeah, and, and people look at me and go, oh, "Why? Why? Why, why, why don't you drink?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, because I'd rather have a drink and enjoy it with a meal because mm. that's where I'm getting the enjoyment from the, being out having a meal and mm. having a nice glass. I'd rather spend the money on a nice red, yeah, or a nice white, and or enjoy nice it. Bubbly and enjoy yeah. it. 
Like, I was at a champagne night. I mean, I'm, I'm saying I don't drink. I'm like, I was at a champagne night. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're not you know, a good picture. As, as you do, you know, just before <laughs> Christmas. And again, you know, I, it was just, but it was all food and it was all food and wine. Mm. I only ever do it if it's food with wine, special occasions. And stuff yeah, like food with else. wine. That's or food with drink. That's that's all I'll do it for. Binge drinking, I think, is the problem. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people drinking. Oh, mates drink. Like I was out on Friday and the mates were drinking. Like that's not the issue. But for me, it's like it, it was awkward of people. Like people, to be fair, there's so much stuff. There's so many people messaging me about yeah. like privately and just saying like, oh, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do it. And I said, my advice to people, like, there's no right or wrong to do it. No. Don't stop drinking just to stop drinking. Yeah. Because you think your life's going to be better. Only if you've got, like, some kind of purpose or some kind of goal to work towards. Because yeah. it is a sacrifice because... It is. You know, it is. social, people think you're weird on nights out. But do you not think the socialness comes back? Yeah. Because you're not confident. used to it. I'm honestly way more confident. And I think, you know, for me, like, all right, so... If I was uptown now and somebody's getting around and they turn around to me and go, oh, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'll go on, have a drink. Nah, I'll have a Coke. I'll have a drink. Have a drink. Yeah. Is that the I, I then throw in, yeah, all right. I'll have a, I'll have a seed lip gin and tonic. Make sure it's seed lip though. Cause I really like that gin. <laughs> it's something like And they go to the bar, have a seed lip gin and tonic, please. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And I get it. And that's a dead in the water. <laughs> they don't ask any more questions. <laughs> then if I'm getting around, I want to see the gin and tonic. You know what I mean? You've blown your cup of tonic. That club, yeah, and it's, it's out. And it's it's easy if you do it in that way. I find it just shuts the conversation down because it is peer pressure. And it's and I'm hat off to people who enjoy having a drink and function next day. Hat off to them. I, I can't, can't do it. it. I really can't do it. Like um, I could talk about the solar thing for hours, but I think for me, it's like. My friends all respect it and they've been really yeah. supportive. Don't think you're on the first month to peer pressure because yeah, it's yeah, new and whatever. But now it's like, Adam doesn't drink. Yeah. Do you want a Diet Coke? And then you can only have so many Diet Cokes and a scone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you meet someone drunk and they don't really know you or know of you, they're like, so why don't you drink then? And it's either, or why are you not drinking? It's like, oh, I'm driving or yeah. can't be bothered. Or if I kind of know that I will maybe explain a little bit of the situation. Yeah. It depends because if you meet someone drunk for the first time and they love drinking, they think you're weird. It's yeah. never going to change that opinion. Yeah, there is people out there who just don't understand people who don't have a drink. But you don't think it's weird, though, yeah? It's the only thing that if you don't do it, you're seen as weird. Yeah. But, and, but, but staggering, staggering home like Spider Woman or Spider Man crawling <laughs> the walls is normal. And, and you think, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm not the one who looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, at I two o'clock in the morning. I remember this tomorrow. Crawling into a taxi with half a battered sausage in my hands and gravy everywhere. I don't. And, uh, well, I probably still do. I have half a battered sausage in my hands and gravy everywhere. But, you know, it's, it's, it is definitely that. But it's, 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 for me, like, it would mess, like, I think, having special occasions or doing like sober stints is great. Oh. But for me, I know that wouldn't work because I'm different to everyone yeah. else. Everyone's situation is different. Like one of my best mates, Henry, who lives in Marbella, he drank over Christmas because mm. he's like, oh, it's Christmas family, whatever. And then he's just staying sober for however many months because he's doing half marathons mm. and stuff. And I kind of wish I could do that. But if I did that now, it would mess with my mental. And I think yeah. it's been three and a half years now, back to zero, well, I'd, I'd be like, like it. Fuck. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think some people do have... I don't want to say an addictive personality, but I think when I, I have it probably with, and I can relate to it with the gym, the minute I get out of routine, yeah, it goes to shit. Mm. It's probably, I think it's probably the same with on a drink. Yeah. The minute you then go and have one, you go, oh, I'll have a night Fuck it, yeah. Then you're up the next morning. Mm. And then you think, what was it all about? Why did I do it? You then, yeah. then upset with yourself. Yeah, you got and the It's, the same, fear, it's yeah. the same with like, so, so for me, it's like with a takeaway, I'll go months and months and months. Not order a pizza, not have the takeaway, mm. none of it. And then I'll have a moment in life where I'm in a bit of stress and I even eat and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll get a pizza. Yeah. And I wake up the next morning, I'm like, I'm dinging, dinging. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like that, totally. Yeah. I like that with cheese, though. I think it's cheese lactose. Yeah, lactose, yeah. yeah. I think I'm a little bit with that. I try and minimise my cheese. Yeah, I do with that. I minimise um, my milk. Like, like, for me, like my... I always say to people, like, if people listen to me on the podcast, they probably think, oh, he's got his shit together. Probably think he's got your shit together. But like, <laughs> far from it. Yeah. <laughs> tell you, far from like, it. we're talking on a podcast, but everybody's normal. Like, I care about my health yeah. so much. I've got this whoop band, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of these, but these like track your sleep and right, recovery. Okay. Yeah. So I've had this maybe like a year now and it doesn't really do much. It like tracks your stats and so I'll show you basically last night. So it like track your, 
recovery, your right, HRV, okay. your sleep, how strange activity, went to the gym this morning, yeah. sleep performance, all like new stress levels. And like for me, because I say I've got the week and when I explain to you, because I love it and it's one of the best things I do, you pay like £27 a month for a month and people, that's so expensive. I'm like, you spend hundreds of pounds on alcohol every weekend. Yeah. And it's like, right, yeah. for me. It's not a lot, is it really? Yeah. Anything about you it. don't have to do everything all the time. Yeah. Like I'm not a hundred percent perfect all the yeah, time. Yeah. If I can get like five or six good nights sleep a week you and then a from it. Yeah. And then I go out at the weekend to see my mates and socialize because they want to go out and I'll, like at the weekend I went out and it went home at one o'clock in the morning. Didn't have the best sleep. Yeah. But I hadn't seen my friends in a couple of weeks. So yeah. I thought Why not? that's a small sacrifice to make. Yeah. But if I can try and do it five or six times a week, that's fine. It's like the takeaways, isn't it? Yeah. Like I was like that a couple of weeks ago when I was traveling for shoots and stuff. Seen t- like two takeaways a week, if not more. And I felt shit. But you see, it's like that. That's like my drink. If I have mm. one takeaway, mm. I go through a pattern of it'll be every week for a, yeah, it's period of time. It's so hard to get, get back out in the, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the convenience kicks in. Mm. And it's that, and, and I struggle with it. I do struggle with that. So yeah, so then I just thought, I thought it'd be a bit weird interviewing you a little bit on your own yeah, podcast. Yeah. And find yeah. out a bit more about you. I think I mean. it's good, yeah. Cause yeah. like, I spend so much time asking other people questions. Mm. Yeah. And I know I say like some stuff to people and people probably see on social media, like little snippets and stuff, but it's different if you like listen and you can understand like where I'm coming from. Cause for me, the drinking is like, I wouldn't want to get to, like, say, 30. I know 30 is not old at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm 41 in April, Bob. I'm 41 in April. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I wouldn't want to get to wherever and think my business has failed mm. or whatever and use it as an excuse and think, oh, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could yeah. have done more. So, but, like, for other people, if I worked a normal job, I probably would go out every weekend and get drunk because yeah, I'd just coast along. I think there's a big difference between being self-employed and working for somebody. Mm. And I think the mindset of when you are self-employed is you're always thinking about tomorrow and the day after. Oh, yeah. Or what you've got next week or mm. what you've got planned. I think, what do I need to function for? What do I need to keep going for? Mm. Why am I doing this? Yeah. It's a big question. Because oh, like yeah. being self-employed, you know that you haven't always got the wage coming in. Yeah. And I think the mindset is different. You know, like... If you're working for somebody nine till five hundred Friday, you can live for the wake weekends. But when you work for yourself, things can just happen at the drop of a hat that you need to improvise for. Mm. Especially in the catering trades, especially in hospitality, like things can just happen. Out of um, control as well. That's yeah, the thing, yeah. And, and I think that is, I mean, one of the things I've worked on over the last two years has been coaching. Like for me, mm. I, I took on and they yeah. doing coaching, and it's been more about like mindset and how I go about things differently, how I look at things differently. You know, I never used, never really used to take much, and I wouldn't say interest in my staff. Of course I took interest in my staff, but maybe me working out how they tick and what makes them come to work mm-hmm. has been a big sort of thing lately. Yeah. We're trying to find that out. And, you know, I think you have to do these things when you're self-employed. You have to be a bit more outside the box. Mm-hmm. You can't just be, I've got a job, wage coming in. That's what pays for bills, and once it's gone, it's gone, and then you're always trying to strive, and, and there's bad ones, good ones. You know? oh, always. Um, People don't see that, though. No, I was don't. saying to you before, no, they don't. you think, you've got a business, you're smashing it, you're making loads yeah. of money all the time. Yeah. And running, running a business is, it's in my top five hardest things ever. Yeah. Selling a house is number one. <laughs> you're saying that. I will never sell another house. And that's number one. <laughs> number two for me, is, oh, number two. You put yourself on the spot, yeah. I put myself on the spot, yeah. <laughs> Bringing up a child. Yeah. Probably. Oh, I can't even imagine that. You yeah. know, that, that changed my life massively. You know, I went from probably just looking after myself to trying to keep something else alive. Mm. It wasn't a hamster. <laughs> oh, a dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a real thing, you know. And not the animals, the RSPCA lovers out there. <laughs> they are real things, but you, I think you're locked up now. <laughs> you know, run a business, buying a house, selling a house getting married, those sort of things. You know, they're up there with big, big moments in your life and stressful things. And when you run a business, though, and you're self-employed, that it's not a one-off thing. No. You know, getting married, it happens, it's over. You know, buying a house, once you've bought the house, things settle down. Mm. Running a business, though, it's constant. It's relentless. It's relentless, yeah. yeah. There's always issues, there's always problems, there's always staffing issues. And not that you've got staff, but mm. you, you know, you might want to do some content, you're editing away on holiday and it's causing you a problem mm. or bits, you know, there's always mm. issues, isn't there? There's always things you've got to work around, you but know? That's, that's the one thing I learned last year is I've got a small team now mm. and like I've got Yoni, who's based in Cardiff 
but Zishan is based in Ireland and stuff like that. And even little things like for me, going to Dublin with Yoni and seeing Zishan for like our Christmas party. Yeah, and just stuff. catch up and sing. It's up. just like, even though, yeah, you talk about work, but doing non-work related stuff. And yeah. even though we shot content because we all enjoy it and yeah. stuff, just doing little things like that. And for me, it's learning what they're good at and what they enjoy doing. So it's not like me asking Yoni to fucking try and sign me more clients or Zishan yeah. to try and do whatever. Like I know Zishan loves the social media aspect and he's really good at the editing and that yeah. kind of thing. And just focus on that and what turns him on in that sense. And then Yoni, really creative as well great eye photography, videography and that kind of thing and focusing on that. And then me obviously bringing everything together and stuff. Cause for me, I've been very lucky with my team because mm. I've known you since I was like 18 each other a few years now and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm a good listener and the podcast has helped that. Mm. Whereas when I first started it, I'd put in, not that I was being rude, but finish people's sentences yeah. and stuff like that. And just actually listening to people and what they like and what they don't like. And, no, little things like that goes a long way, I think. 100%. I think when, when you're running a business as well, is you are quite dominant. Mm-hmm. And it can come across as a bit intimidating yeah. to some people. One of the things I've been trying to work on lately, and he'll be really proud when he hears this, is he highlighted that, like you just said there, I won't let people finish mm-hmm. you know, the conversation. And I need to listen more, take in more, and then I might actually understand it better. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something, but when you're in control of the business and you're running it, you always think that you're the one who has to do these things. You have to get it done. You have to, but actually if you sit back and just listen a little bit, you can actually get a better solution sometimes. You know what I mean? So things like that, you know, it's been something that this last sort of 12 months, especially I've been trying to work on with the business. And, and that's what I think as well is that maybe people's perception of business owners is they're perfect. They know everything. We're not. And the best at, what they do. When yeah. you say for me, if I had to learn how to do photos and videos, I'll take me so much time and I'll never be as good as you. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to learn how to do the editing for social media, I'll have the time. I'll never be as good as you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So having people that you trust, I suppose it's different you because you've got way more staff and you yeah, can't I mean, employ I mean, your we've, friends we've got, and that kind got of like thing. 14 staff, I think, at the yeah. moment. We used to have 27. That's crazy. Like, I could never imagine yeah. having that many. I've got sometimes, sometimes I felt like I was more like a counselor than once, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I think, you know, what what you've got to, what I'm really pleased with at the moment is I've got a team at the moment that is really strong mm-hmm. and they're reliable. They've got things to work on like we all have, you know, and that's what I want to try and work on with them. But I think, you know, when you are in control of the business, one of the biggest roles is man management. Yeah. And I think I'm very lucky at the moment because I, I do feel I've got quite a dedicated team and quite a loyal team as well. We all get along. We're, we're quite close, a few of us. But we know where the boundaries are with each other as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you, you need when you're working within teams a lot of the time. But yeah. Yeah. Because uh, like having that relationship, you can have a bit of banter, mm-hmm. but then they've still got that respect for you. And as there's well. still going to be that work ethic. Yeah. So like, it's about having it all, isn't it really? Mm-hmm. Ticking all those boxes and, you know, but when you leave the door mm-hmm. and you want to go for a Diet Coke with them and <laughs> things like that, you know, it's, it's, it's everything's Sorry. on the table again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, they know about my personal life, they know about mm. all that, you know. That's nice though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you know, but I think, I think a lot, what the thing I would like to say about being in business, I've probably made more mistakes than positives. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I, and I think it's, but as what you find out is you get more mature in business, you're making less mistakes mm-hmm. and you're getting more positives. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think without the mistakes and without the sort of hiccups and the problems and you don't learn from it. Um, I mean, like 2022 was a big, big learning curve. You know, we shook quarter lounge, had to re- restructure our businesses, you know, and then, you know, it was a big, so there's a bit of a downer there with that. Mm. Then the positive side was I ended up with two hopefully stronger businesses. Um, so yeah, you know, sometimes you've got to look at the positives and the negatives. Yeah. With it all. I was, yeah. was going to ask you from a selfish point of view, how, how have you found like building a team or, or like, when you, yeah. when you first started, I imagine it was harder than now. You kind of, would you look in certain characteristics or how do you, yeah. how do, you do that? Like well, over 27 to 14. Funny because like, like you know, 17 years, come up 17 years in business and like how I built a team now is very different from when I used to build a team. Mm. Now you've got to look at every week's strengths mm-hmm. work out what they need to be able to do their job to the best of their ability. We, we've actually just gone through something at the moment. I did a workshop with my staff only last week. And it was all about the big part of that was about self-development, like self-investment, self-development. I was trying to get across to my staff that your employee can only give you so much to thrive, you know, and, and, and they should give you good surroundings, the tools that you need to thrive in that business. 
but you've also got to help yourself. You know what I mean? You've got to self-invest. You've got to go and eat in nice restaurants if you're really interested in the care and trade. You've got to go, you've got to go try these things. Yeah. You've got to go and if you want to be knowledgeable on wine, buy some wine books, you yeah. know what I mean? Understand it and buy cookbooks and, you know, understand these things. And a big part of our workshop was about uh, self-investment. Like, what have you done in the last 12 months? Because I think what I try now look for is people that want to do the... The biggest thing for me is do they want to do the trades? If they're just here to fill a gap in their life, they're maybe not the right person to work with somebody like me, they're maybe probably better off looking at a job at Peter Express. Because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of the job roles are there. It's, you know, you can throw anybody really into it. It's mapped out for you. Everything's the same company-wise, and anybody can really walk in within two weeks and you'll know the job. Yeah. Where with somebody like myself, who's come from more of a, you've got to be thinking quick on your feet and be more creative and look at this. I look for people that have got a bit of that in them as well and want to do the trade. So I actually think every single one of my main staff now, I don't think I've got a solid member of staff now that doesn't want to be in the trade, which is very, very rare. That's going to say that's really good. Very rare. Normally I've got one person that's finished uni doing psychology or doing criminology or something. They're just using it for a salary for a year. (laughs) From restaurant managers to chefs, all five of my chefs all want to do the trades. I've all progressed in it. I've got a couple of lasses that are just at the start of that development. And I've got one that's in the sort of middle. He was at college a few years ago, and now he's kind of like chef to pie. Mm-hmm. I've got two head chefs at the moment that both very dedicated. One at Lounge of Green, one here. Obviously, I'm like Chef Patron at Lounge of Green, so I do on services, and we do the menus together, you know. But, yeah, Dan, majority of the time, runs the kitchen up there. But they're both very creative both dedicated to the job. So I've been lucky, mm. but I, I do think that also comes from, because I'm like that. I was going to say, yeah. You, you know what like, I mean? Yeah. Lucky in the sense that you found the right people, but you need to put yourself in that situation. You need to give that aura off yeah. for people to want to work with you. And it'll be the same for you. I think, you know, if your people will look at your work, mm. social media and all that, and they'll be attracted to you mm. to talk about because they're in the right frame of mind. You're not going to get somebody that isn't in the right frame of mind once asking questions about it. Yeah. And it's the same sort of thing with my staff. I think when they see the background, what I've kind of done in my career, and I want the best for them as well, you yeah. know, so. That's so important. You know, and as I said at the moment, both my salary members of staff from the house, both are career volunteers, and I'm a chef star. Yeah. So what's different about building teams now, I think. But before we go into that, then I'll yeah. ask another question before I move on. I don't know if I'm going to phrase this in the right way, but. How do you get people to care? Because that is a because, big one. Because I realised a few years ago nobody will ever care as much as you do, yeah. which is which is fine. And that took me yeah. a bit of mental adjustment a few years ago. But like, people obviously want to work with you mm. for you because it's you. Like there's so many restaurants around, yeah. isn't there? And like, but how do, how do you think you get people to care? I think I think first of all, one of phrase that right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think first of all, you've got to look at then. Yeah. You know, because yeah. everybody's different, aren't they? You know, I've got, okay, so if you look at my staff at the moment, we've got three of us, yeah, one, two, three, four of us all have kids, mm-hmm. all right? You know, I've got one member of staff that's got, Donna's is about to be 16, I've got one member of staff that's got three kids at home, I've got myself who's got an eight-year-old, and I've got another one who's got a one going on two-year-olds. So we're all very family-orientated, so for me to get the best out of them and to make them care is about giving them work-life balance with it. Probably most of them know that if there's a problem with any of their children, they can text me on the morning and say, I'm going to be late for work or I need to get to the point with And they're not going to have a boss that sees them next, sit them down and say, yeah, you might be in work, you know yeah. what I mean? And you need to be here. This either. I give them a lot of free will. Mm. And I think on the back of that, I expect in return the return. Yeah. They, they give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think you know. I think all of them with kids and actually the staff that without kids understand that. You know, there's been a few times things like you know somebody might come to me and say you know uh, my boyfriend's checked me to a weekend in Tenerife in three weeks' time. Well, our policy is a month's notice on holidays. Mm. If we can do it, we will try our utmost to get that staff for them and let them have it off. But the mutual has to then come the other way, you know. Just have one member of staff that's end up having to have an operation. 
So one of them's had to give up a night out in Newcastle and has had to jump on to cover those shifts for them. So it's it's that mutualness, I think. And if you have that between you and your staff that you give a shit about them, so please give a shit about me. Yeah. Then you can't really ask much more, can you? Yeah. You know, and I I do generally I do generally give a shit about every single one of my staff. Mm -hmm. From seventeen year olds of of school to me or Irene, who's probably the oldest member of staff. Who does my books? I give a shit about every single one of their walks of life. Probably too much because I probably, Irene keeps telling me she's like an adopted family member that I probably care too much about some of them. And I over give mm. the things and the deprivation myself sometimes. But I do think, I do think I'd get it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, and, and I, I can't knock my staff. I really cannot knock my staff for that because. If I look at the team I've had, when I mentioned the four solid main members of staff, the ones that have kids, and then I mention my young lad that I've got up at Lounge on the Green, and then I mentioned one of the lasses that's also working here in the kitchen, they've been with me, all of them have been with me over four years. Really? That's amazing for the industry, isn't it? It's yeah. very, very strange. That's very you know, So we obviously have something that we enjoy working with each other about, and we obviously have that mutual respect. There's obviously times we clash, yeah. obviously, but when we do clash, it's always the next day we'll have a sit down, well, what was all that about? Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk it out, you know what I mean? And in, in hospitality, it's here the moment stuff, isn't it? You yeah. know? But we obviously have some good foundations there, mm-hmm. but why staff work here? Give a shit. Yeah, because vice versa. Because you could always go somewhere for more money. Of course it? you can. You know what I mean? The grass is not always greener. And if they enjoy working I'll, with you. Can I give you an example of that? Yeah. So, a restaurant in town, one name, any names, po- harped on uh, one of my members of staff to go work there for them. I think at the time, I, this before minimum pay was 11 something. I was paying a 10.50, I think it was. That yeah, was above minimum wage. And they offered her 11 quid. And she'd been with me probably a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And the money had gone up to 10 and a half quid. They changed the time and things. They offered her 11 quid. She moved. They, she had a contract and COVID hit. She hadn't signed a contract. She'd left me. I'd already seen a P45 or anything. And she was out of work. Oh. And like, it was like, you know, they offered you 50p pay rise for what? Were you better off? Were you, yeah. I think sometimes people just don't think it through. Mm-hmm. You know, I also know people that have left me and they've, they've come back within three or four months over promises from other things. You know, the grass isn't always greener. It may, sometimes the job may seem hard at the time, but then when you go somewhere else, you think, God, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I've had chefs leave and come back. And I've had front house members leave and come back. Um, but just because of that reason, I think that sometimes they need, I don't think it's always that they think the grass is green. I think sometimes they think they need to move mm-hmm. for their own development, but I don't think you're doing this today's world. No. I think if you self-invest in yourself, you can generate your own development within the job you're in and make the job better, which then inevitably pay rises come. Yeah. And, I, and I gave an example in my workshop the other day that I was doing it with them. Of like, you know, four members of my staff this year had a pay rise. And the way that they were on prior to the pay rise was because they'd never worked in the industry before. So the money they were on sort of showed the ability and the level and the investment we had to put into them, them into that person we needed them to be. When they became that person that was functioning in the kitchen, right, functioning in the restaurant, right, and could do the job we now want them to do, they got paid the equivalent of what, I would offer somebody if they came in off the street and had an experience. So now on that wage. So I put out in this workshop, I said, in 12 months time, you come to me for a pay rise. Well, what would you need to have done in that 12 months? That's different from me now paying you the level that you do the job at. Mm-hmm. What, what would warrant you get a pay rise? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting listening to them all and sort of working out what, and it was self-development, you know, like maybe where they'd eaten or had they stepped it up or had they, Somebody been off sick and they took charge of the kitchen and just, you know what I mean? Little things, mm. you know, or did they just mundane stay in the position they were at? So imagine you get different people as well, people who are happy to just coast along yeah, and, and people fine. who are striving for a bit more. And, and that's what everybody has to understand is that's fine. You know, if, if a head chef left and I went to the people that were blown and said, does anybody fancy taking this on? 
and you know, two doors step up, you know, there'll be a bit of money in it for you, and blah, blah, blah. And they go, no, it's fine. But they can't then complain when I bring somebody in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's not a problem. Really. And then they can't really expect to pay us. Yeah. Because if you're not willing to step up, not willing to progress, and you want to stay where you're at, then you're going to get paid the equivalent of where you're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll get inflation, you'll get all those sort of things. Mm. But, you know, when it comes to what I need to see out of you for progression, I think I think we're in a world at the moment where everybody seems to think that you naturally get a pay rise. Mm. You don't naturally get a pay rise. This mindset has to disappear and fuck right <laughs> off, okay? But I think in this, obviously, I don't technically get paid by anyone, but yeah. we're very entitled in this country, I yeah, think, like, you know, it? like, we're entitled to a pay rise, we're entitled oh. to this, we're entitled to that. And, and I think, you know, the people that just think their employer is there to, that they expect their wage out of them. Yes, you expect to be paid for the work you've done to the standard that the, the, the boss, or the, the boss, the employer wants you to do it to. But sadly, you know, if, if you've had a really bad month with a staff member and they haven't done their job right, you're still going to pay them. <laughs> you're not allowed to not pay them. Yeah. If Imagine. they've been really crap with the job. <laughs> Imagine that, you know, the, the food every night, I've had to give them two written warnings, and I've had complaints it. in the yeah. restaurant, I've still got to pay them the salary. Mm. Why? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. When you put it like that, yeah, you, 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 right. You, you do a bad job mm. of some videos, mm. and the client goes, "I'm not paying for these." Mm. You have to suck it up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not carrying on. No, yeah, you know, it's it's a strange one. The the hospitality industry. It's a really weird kind of like it's a bit of a backwards industry when it comes to that because mm. you you can sometimes have to keep a member of staff on that isn't great and isn't good for your business. But you can't get rid of them, yeah. you know. So. It's a, yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I am very, very, very lucky. I've got some fantastic stuff. Yeah. And, and how, how have you built that then? How have you built that team? So I would build it. I think just over time, I think standards has definitely been one of them. Mm. I think when you have standards in your business and people buy into that, they begin to enjoy it for working in somewhere which has got work-life balance, but it's also got a good quality standard and it's, you know, they're not, they're not coming to work and just put stuff in the microwave and, yeah. the, you know, but, I think I've also built it because I've allowed my staff to be creative with themselves. I think there's nothing worse than coming to work and just doing the same stuff all the time. There has to be variety. There has to be enjoyment in your job. And there has to be a bit of free will, you know. And, and there'll be times where some of my lads will come to me and go, you know, I want to try this dish. And I go, we're, we're outside the box here. We need to just rein it back in. or Which is what you need. It does it too much, you know what I mean? But then there'll be times they come up with stuff like, oh, well, you know. Here goes, I, I have an example. Dan, he does all the pastry side of things up at Lambton and Green. I did a small part of my career in pastry, but I'm more sauce sides, savoury sort of side of, of, of cooking. I've got hot hands, so I'm crap with making pastry and things. And uh, Dan's just, he does this banana dish that everybody seems to think that we pinched it off Great British menu. We did not pinch it off Great British menu, by the way. Our banana dish came out before that episode came out. So if you go back on our Instagram, you'll see that we came out with it first. Anyway, just put that subjects. one out there. Because we had a bit of a social media bombardment of people saying that we'd copy Great British menu. We didn't put it out there. We didn't. Dan did this banana dish and it's unreal. Unreal. You know, I didn't teach him that. He, he, came up with him, he did it himself, you know what I mean? And how often with some of the desserts he does come out with, because, but I need that. I need that to also keep me. Your standard my, type. My yeah. standard type, because yeah. if, if I've got a chef that's doing that, then I've got to start, I've got to invest in myself. Mm. You know, I mean, I put on, I think on that workshop, I, I laid out all the menus that I'd eat down the middle of the table to show them self-investment. Mm-hmm. And all the menus that were on the table were places I've worked in and also eaten in while I'd work for somebody else. So that was what they could see physically in front of them. Yeah, and then the next slide on the, on the PowerPoint was if, if where I've eaten that since. <laughs> and there was like a small mortgage. <laughs> Being full. <laughs> Being full the, you know, and there was something like 41 Michelin star restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I said, like, it makes me sick. Yeah. But, if, if I don't keep that, that's my, that's my university degree. Mm. You know, people will go and spend 15, 20 grand on a university degree. More, I've yeah. probably gone and spent 10 grand eating out. Yeah. It's the same, really. You need to invest in Yeah, it's the same. Is, it? You know. Um, I think that's cool, though, because, like, they would appreciate you taking the time that you wanted to put on that work. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I'd imagine. I think we, we did get a lot out of it from ourselves and the staff and, Generally, we found out more about ourselves. Then they found out more about me, why I set up in business, why I did what, why I do what I do, 
what I wanted from my businesses and have I achieved it yet? Mm-hmm. And I found out a lot about them, where they see themselves and what they want from their job and what they, why they come to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a lot of that out, which is good. So it kind of now leads me into, I've got a lot of info to go do one-on-ones with them. Mm-hmm. So that's the next step of that development, which yeah. is good. So hopefully it just into 2024, really. Yeah. And what 2024 has to offer, I suppose, yeah. you know. What, what are you thinking of 2024? I don't know, really. It's still early, it's, isn't it? It's, it's early, it is early. Are you a big goal setter or like New Year's resolutions kind of thing or not? Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know about that. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I always, I always, I'm um, not personally, I, I, I get it because it's like new, yeah. new but for me, I've still got the same like ambitions yeah. and still goals. It's just like, well, we've, yeah. got, we've got a few things within the team. I think we want to achieve this year mm. and we'll see if that happens. I'm not going to put it out there, but we'll see if it happens. Yeah. Um, and I think the team, us as a team in general have a few goals. For me, business-wise, probably to just try and grow a bit more, you know, like, not as in taking on more places, but the two businesses we've got, try and grow them a bit more. I mean, I've, I've said, you know, I mean, you've got to chat about marketing layer and stuff like that, and how we can maybe go about things a little bit more. I, w- I want to, my personal life, I think I just want to get a bit more calmer. I think my personal life's been a bit up and down over the last sort of, couple of years so i'd quite like to get that just settled and a bit of uh, stability stability in that because you know happy life you happy work i am mm. i feel like i am getting to a point now where i am a lot happier in my life a lot happier with, with you know what i'm doing and how i feel i'm moving obviously moving house so i want to get <laughs> that done hopefully that happens this year, next this year i God, buying a house is just a nightmare. Well, no, buying a house is easy. Selling a house. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that, which you're doing as well, are you? So yeah, probably just a little bit of calmness, I think. 2024 is the, the year of calmness for me, I think. Mm-hmm. I would like things just to be a little bit, it probably won't happen because I don't think it ever does happen when you're in business. I was going to say. <laughs> just have a little bit of normalness. Yeah. Because I think, you know, since 20, 20 or 2019 even you know it's been crazy you know like you know that period of time i've lost my mum. you know i've lost two grandparents i've lost my mum. covid energy crisis cost of living crisis got rid of a business you know what i mean it's just been all negative you know and i think i've done pretty well to cope with it yeah 100 percent. yeah i've been through a lot and like to be still so yeah, yeah. a bit of calmness i think yeah. it's just what i like and you mentioned about the workshop saying about to the staff like have you achieved what you want to achieve and what is it like you wanted to achieve and have well, you achieved it it's all? funny because like we, we accolade was put on the board mm-hmm. and um you know, is accolade important was one of the sort of things is it where, where does accolade fit in with success and you know, it's, it, it's great to have it's a badge of honour, I suppose, accolade, isn't it? But unless you've got people sat in your restaurant, you can't remember Michelin star and nobody in your restaurant, nobody's going to remember you if you went bust, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody's going to... So it's about having that balance, I think, with it all. We, we'd love to achieve a little bit more with Lounge and the Green, I think, with accolades and things like that. But not at the detriment of us overspending and, you know, trying to push the boundaries too much where we dart local customers coming in. And that's always the, the balancing act, isn't it, with a fine dining restaurant, you know. I mean, you know, we, we just do a tasting menu. You know, we don't do a la carte. We, we feel like we do a tasting menu to a very, very high standard. It's what we're good at, you know. I know there's other restaurants out there that do a la carte and then they'll do a night of tasting menus and things like that. And for me, it, for me, I just don't see the point. It's, it's stick at what you're good at. And, you know, we're, we're good at doing a, a very good tasting menu. And I think if we were to go back and try and do an a la carte menu and a tasting menu, we'd probably lose the quality somewhere along the lines. So we want, we want to stick at the tasting menu. We offer two different ones. We offer a couple of smaller ones and bigger ones. There's a bit of a price variety there for people. Because we understand there's different budgets. But we'd like to develop the food to a point where we're really, really happy. We are happy with it, but further along. Yeah. And then I think, you know, coming to, you know, um, off, off I like to get a little bit of travelling, I suppose. Yeah, I like to, you know, do a little bit. And what are you thinking? Well, ho- going to Lisbon, hopefully this week. Yeah, well, not hopefully this week. I am going to Lisbon this week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's somewhere I've kind of wanted to go for a while. Just do it four days. 
some cheap place, yeah. you know, and I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, it'd be it's, nice weather at the moment, is it? Yeah, not I think it's about 19 degrees to win, yeah, so it'll be alright. But it's, it's a little bit like a little mini San Francisco mixed with mm. French cafes, mixed with Spanish, Portuguese yeah. food. So, really looking forward to that. Be nice. Done it on a budget, you know, done it. You can't get it. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, the flight, I think the flight cost us for two of us, like 200 quid. So I went well happy with that. Yeah. So we're doing that four days. Probably try and get a family holiday in the summer as well with kids and things. And yeah, just a bit of calmness and, mm. and just to sit back and take stock, I think, because the last eight months have been a roller coaster. What yeah. like been a roller coaster. No, it's ex- exciting. What exciting. about you? What about me? Oh, you're asking me all the questions yeah, today. Yeah, about you over 2024. I think it's more of the same, really. A bit like what you were saying about the lounge. It's like sick of what you're good at. Yeah. For us as a business, what we're good at now is the videos, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're good at the videos, that's our main service, so focus on that and focus on specific types of businesses yeah. that we see like a growth in a partnership with. Yeah. I feel like I've been in business long enough now to have like a bit of a proven track record and attract the right kind of yeah. people. And actually just work with who I want to work with rather than just taking it for the money, which, yeah. like, yeah, when I first started out, even recently, you just take the money because there's money and stuff yeah. like that. And really just add in different services as well. Like we've got some really good results, with like paid advertising, email marketing, and just, I don't know. It's, Cause I suppose you kind of over content, can't you? Yeah. 100%, Quite easily. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. And like, if you've got too many people doing the same thing in one area, then it over contents yeah. it's, and it's like, it's finding that balance mm-hmm. and just, I don't know. For me, yeah, sticking what we're good at and thinking, right, these are who we want to target and work with moving oh. forward. And yeah, like, I want to spend more time in Marbella as well. Like, one of my best friends lives there. Sweet. Yeah. I was doing real estate business and stuff and I've got a few connections out there. So but you can take your work with you, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's, quite it's, like it's the shoots that hold me back at the moment in the UK. Yeah. Not hold me back, but keep me here. Yeah. Which is like nice because obviously I'm from Carlisle. I've got clients all over and stuff now and it, just trying to, like say, have that work-life balance. I think I've got a decent work-life balance. People when they see me in my day, it's like, oh, whatever. I'm just on my laptop all day yeah. and I might go to the gym or go off a food at night yeah. and that's all I do. And just, yeah, just go with the flow. Like I don't, like Definitely. you've got a kid, haven't you? I don't have anything. So like, I just want to work as hard as I can and enjoy my life at the same time and just go with what I enjoy mm, doing. Work-life balance is definitely key. Yeah. Moving forward, I think that's definitely, I need to get more of that, I think. Yeah. But like, you've got a child. You know? Yeah. It's a responsibility. I, I'm, I'm very lucky with Zara, to be honest. Yeah. She's, she's like two peas in the pod and, mm. and she, she travels really well. That's good. So then, yeah. she's travelled since she was like two months old. Stick her on a plane. She mm. gets her iPad out. She gets her music on. She's well happy. That's good. That's she, good. She loves you. Know, and she's always asking like, when we're, when we're going to Spain again, when we're going to Italy again, when we're doing this God, again. <laughs> so like, yeah, she's good like that. Um, so yeah. I think, I think, yeah, more of the same in the business because I feel like we're getting a bit of momentum now. But we've recently like became that registered the last couple of months, which is like a milestone, milestone for me. Yeah, it's good. It means you've hit a threshold. Yeah. Isn't it? Ever since we first, I first started business, I thought, right, that's when it's going to be like a proper business. Yeah. So I feel like it's a proper business now. I've got what, like systems and processes of the team to do that. And then I've got a decent idea. And then in personal life, just kind of go with the flow. If I meet a partner, maybe I've been active-ish dating recently, which I haven't really been for a while. Yes. Just because I feel like now I'm better positioned yeah, just to... Definitely. I think you know that as well. Like, you know, you know, at a stage of your life where you're right for it, but yeah. well, like, you know, like I had a girlfriend last year for a bit, but I feel like I maybe wasn't the right time yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I was in, I was in a relationship for, for a year as well. And like, it, it wasn't right. And it's hard getting a business owner though. He's, you know, and I can't switch off. Yeah. Find some verses. Well, not everybody always understands things in your life as well. Mm. And it's about finding that right person, I suppose. Isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. And yeah, just like say business and then personal life. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing really much just more the same. More the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, hopefully Everton stay in the Premier League. That's, yeah, that's... I think that will happen. I think you've been deducted the points at the right time with the teams that are I'm in there. Getting more than I am really. I'm a Man City fan. So God knows what's going to happen to us eventually. It's all right for you. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And if yeah. involved, anything where can people uh, find you? Follow you? Yeah, loungeofthegreenockatapazoo.co.uk. Loungeofthegreen.co.uk. They can book both restaurants on there. Uh, yeah, my social pages as well, mm. James Hill. Yeah, just same old, really. Yeah, yeah good, all good. Yeah, all good. Right, everybody, thank you very much for watching. Make sure to like the video, subscribe, comment your favourite part, any questions for James, leave them in the comment section below. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, make sure to follow the podcast and leave a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>